What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Doing business like a CEO while saving like a CFO. Staples has all the supplies you need to run your business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile. Now that is an achievement. Everything from markers and pens to 2019 desk calendars. And right now, a 12-pack of Sharpie markers and an 8-pack of Expo dry erase markers are only $4.99 each. At Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. Ends $119.19 in-store only. What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop thinking about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did. Then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Or are you just going to sit there and let them burn? This is Chris from Don't Let Them Burn. I'm here with my partner, Rory. Hey, everybody. Good evening. This is Rory. How's everybody doing? We are having a wonderful time spreading the word of God that you all can go and see for yourselves the things that we are talking about. Yes, and if you want to reach us, you can reach us at www.dontletthemburn.com. You can reach us on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, you know, check us out on YouTube and like, subscribe, and share. Share so the word can get out. And this is our second segment with our guest, Pastor Billy Crone from Las Vegas. And he's here to talk about his book, The Final Countdown, Part 1. And this comes from the series, the final countdown and the final countdown update one and two you can find that on youtube or go to his website you can order the dvds and share um the message because this is all about the times that we're living in he's a frequent conference speaker and has been on radio and tv shows like understanding the time with jan markel prophecy in the news lamb and lion ministries prophecy watchers southwest radio church and more um i recommend you check out his other studies too, like the witness of creation, defenders of the faith, the attack of the drones, UFOs, the great last days deception, and there's many more. And I can't say that one is my favorite because each teaching has its unique qualities and unique uh, perspective. So, Pastor Billy, how are you doing tonight? Hey, doing great, guys. So once again, thanks for having me on. All right. Happy to have you, Pastor Billy. Welcome to our show. Hey, you betcha. Anytime. All right, so um, I know that this book covers five of the ten topics, so hey, let's go. Yeah, well, the neat thing about the book, it's uh, uh, quite the resource. Uh, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the final countdown studies that we've done. I think we're up to 86 studies now, and uh, Lord willing, hopefully uh, maybe another six months or so if we're still alive, still here. Rapture hasn't happened yet. Uh, getting ready to go back into it again. So I'll just go ahead and make that disclaimer. But, uh, uh, yeah, this was a, a fun project putting in a book format. And the neat thing about the book that's different than the videos, if people have already seen those or got the DVDs, um, is we have uh, been able to put together a, a Bible study curriculum that you can uh, uh, utilize as you watch the videos and or read the book. And the book actually has a lot of bonus material. Uh, first of all, the book certainly follows the video studies. Uh, but each video 
that was uh, shared, and there's a ton of them on the original study, has been transcribed and inserted into the book. So it's really the whole enchilada, so to speak. Also, in the book, you get a ton of bonus material. Because believe it or not, there was a lot more that I wanted to share on the videos, but for the sake of time, I had to hack. Well, guess what? Those whole sections are in the book. So there's 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 uh, sections in the book that uh, nobody's ever seen before. And uh, so I'm excited about getting to share everything that I wanted to share. Uh, it's in the book. But yeah, the book deals with the final countdown. The final countdown, the premise is basically I call it the 10 big signs, the 10 big obvious signs that we're living in the last days. Now, we don't know the day nor the hour, but these are signs to let us know it's getting close. And there's the difference between being a date setter uh, and trying to say it's on an exact date. Uh, but we deal with the first five in this final countdown um, uh, volume one. We deal with the Jewish people, modern technology, worldwide upheaval, the rise of falsehood and the rise of wickedness. Uh, Lord Willing, coming out in a few months, we're going to have the uh, companion book, the, the Final Countdown Volume 2, and that's where we'll deal with the second group of five signs. That's the rise of apostasy, one world religion, one world government, one world economy, and, of course, the mark of the beast. Uh, but that hasn't been released yet. But this one, we start off with the Jewish people. And to me, that's always the to me the common sense point to start because if you ever want to know, uh, you know, uh, how close you're getting to the last days, then you got to go back uh, to the Jewish people and certainly Jerusalem. Because if you will, from God's viewpoint, Jerusalem is the center of the earth. Okay, and you, you think about it biblically, right? I mean, this is where the line of the Messiah started. This is where King David ruled from. This is where Jesus, the actual Messiah, died on the cross. This is where the end times culminate with the Battle of Armageddon outside of Jerusalem. This is where Jesus returns at his second coming. Uh, this is... Uh, 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 Jesus, where he reigns after his second coming. It's all in Jerusalem. So it's common sense. If you want to know how close, we don't know the day nor the hour, but we're getting close to the end, uh, then pay attention to Jerusalem and certainly the Jewish people. And that's why God gives us a ton of prophecies uh, referring to the Jewish people, uh, letting us know when you're getting close uh, to the last days, okay? And so that's what we do in this first segment. We just start ripping through those prophecies about the Jewish people, right? And let me just share some of those with you, right? The Bible said that Israel in the last days would return to the land. That's in Isaiah uh, 43. Well, and believe it or not, that was a big issue. Uh, of course, uh, the Jewish people, ever since the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, uh, they were scattered all over the earth. Well, they guess what? They came back to the land. In fact, that prophecy specifically says uh, that uh, they would come from the east, the west, the north, and the south. And that's exactly the order that they came back. Right, first from the east in the early 1900s, uh, then from the west in the mid 1900s, then in the 80s they came from the north, uh, and then in the 90s uh, they came from the south with uh, in the area there in uh, Ethiopia. Okay, it's exactly what the Bible says. But the Bible says they wouldn't just return to the land; they'd become a nation again in Isaiah 11, and that's exactly what happened in May 14, 1998. In fact. Isaiah 66 also says they wouldn't just become a nation. They become a nation literally in one day. And that's exactly what happened historically. May 14th, 1948, at precisely 4 p.m., the members of the People's Council uh, made the declaration, quote, the state of Israel is established. This meeting is ended. And so Israel didn't just become a nation. They became a nation in one day. They're back in the land. Now, also the Bible says... That in the last days, the uh, currency of the Jewish people 
when they come back to the land is going to be the shekel. Well, you're thinking, well, what's the big deal with that? Well, the big deal was when they came back to the land in 1948 and became a nation again, uh, their currency was the British pound. Well, guess what? 1980, it changed to the shekel, and that's what they're using even to this day. Then the Bible says that they would blossom as a rose in the desert. That's Isaiah 35. And uh, and uh, the problem was after 2,000 years, roughly, of foreign conquerors abusing the land over there, once the, uh, the Jewish people became dispersed after the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, uh, that area over there in Israel, it was a complete wasteland. In fact, we even document uh, heavily in the book uh, the people that would go over there and visit prior to the return of the Jewish people to Israel uh, that, uh, that that it was a complete desert wasteland. In fact, Mark Twain even joked when he went over there uh, in the 1800s, uh, he joked that this is just a, basically a scab of a land that even the quote the goats all they have to eat is rocks. You know, uh, even the prime minister of the Netherlands he went over there in 1905. And uh, he even joked, he says, you know, the Jews have come in vain. Only God uh, could check the blight of this inrushing desert. It was completely a, a wasteland. Well, guess what? The Jewish people go back to the land. Guess what happens? Well, guess what? The land began to return. They began to irrigate. They began to replenish. They began to plant trees. And right now, uh, the former desert is the breadbasket of the Middle East. In fact, they even diverted sections of the Sea of Galilee, channeled it through the deserts there. And guess what? The desert is now blossoming with an abundance of flowers, uh, even to the point where Israel is now the major exporter of flowers and ornamental plants. Exactly what Isaiah said. The Bible then, if you turn to Zechariah, tells you a couple more details about the Jewish people. And it says that they would have a powerful military. Well, gee whiz, who's the most powerful military in that region right now? In fact, with full-blown nukes, it's Israel that we've seen today. Zechariah also says that they would become a center of conflict for the whole world. Well, guess what? Turn on your news. What's, the, what's, the, what's everybody crying out for right now? Peace in the Middle East. Over with who? With Israel and the surrounding nations, right? Not China, not Russia. Everybody wants to make a peace treaty with who? Israel and the surrounding nations. Oh, by the way, uh, the Daniel predicted what is the event that will trigger the final week of Daniel's 70th week prophecy, the final seven years, the seven-year tribulation. What event will that be? That will be when the Antichrist makes a covenant, a treaty with the people of Israel. That's going to be the trigger that starts the seven-year tribulation. Well, guess what? Israel's back in the land, and for the last uh, several decades, what's everybody wanting to do? Even the current president, every president in the last, I don't know how many administrations, what's everybody saying they're going to do? We're going to make a treaty with who? Israel. Well, guess what? The Bible said one person is going to pull it off. That person is going to be the Antichrist. That's the trigger for the seven-year tribulation. Well, guess what? You can't have that event happen unless Israel's back in the land, unless they're a nation again, unless there's a source of conflict going on, uh, and unless there's people crying out for a treaty. Every single thing right there is in the news right now as we speak, right? Turn on your news. Now, and, and again, we don't know the date nor the hour, but if that's the event that triggers the seven-year tribulation, well, it's common sense. How much closer then is the rapture of the church which takes place prior? We still don't know the date nor the hour, but boy, I'll tell you what, it's getting close. Oh, and by the way, let me just share with you some mathematical odds. This is what's mind-blowing, right? We just talked about eight different signs being fulfilled by the Jewish people, right? They'd be returned to the Lamb, they become a nation again. They become a nation uh, in one day, 
Oh, and by the way, they become a united nation, which is it happened too. Their currency would be the shekel. They blossom as a rose in the desert. They'd have a powerful military and become a source of conflict in the whole world. It's actually been calculated the odds of that happening, of eight prophecies coming true in one entity, and here's how it's calculated, right? Uh, th that would be mathematically the same odds as this. If you were to take the whole state of Texas, cover it three feet in uh, silver dollars, okay, three feet, and then you were to uh, take one silver dollar uh, and mark a red X on it, get in a plane – Fly over the whole state of Texas and randomly somewhere in the whole state of Texas, just throw it out the window, land the plane on the edge of the state of Texas, grab a guy, put a blindfold on him, and then say, hey, listen, you have to go through the whole state of Texas, three feet deep full of silver dollars. Somewhere in there is one silver dollar with a red X. You have one chance and one chance alone to pick up that uh, blindfolded, that red X silver dollar. Now, what are the odds that that guy's ever going to get the right one? The exact same mathematical odds calculated that any one entity could have eight prophecies come true in themselves, i.e. the Jewish people, which basically tells you there's no way in chance. There's no way this is a chance event. This is God screaming out from the scripture. I'm giving you a heads up advance notice that if you want to know you're getting close, I won't tell you the day or the hour because you'll goof off and procrastinate. But I'm going to tell you when it's getting close, okay, and you need to pay attention to Israel, okay? And, and again, this is, that's why we start the book with that. But also, and I'm not going to go too deep in this. You can get the book or the DVDs. But the Bible says that uh, you also know you're getting close to the last days when you see, again, referring to the Jewish people, there's going to be a rebuilt uh, temple in Jerusalem. We know that because the Antichrist, halfway into the seven-year tribulation, goes up into a rebuilt Jewish temple, declares himself to be God. We also know that the two witnesses, Revelation chapter 11, are in the area there with Jerusalem and the rebuilt Jewish temple. So you can't have a two-witness ministry, and you can't have the Antichrist committing the abomination of desolation, uh, declaring himself to be God, uh, until the Jewish people rebuild their temple. Well, here's the point. Guess what they're crying out for now? <laughs> uh, the Jewish temple. They've already got the plans are already made. They're already training the priests for it. They're already doing practice runs. Uh, just about every article you can think of, and I'm talking they're spending multi-millions of dollars uh, with these articles, whether it be the golden uh, menorah. I think that costs $3 million. The high priest crown, the clothing, all that stuff. They've already got all those things uh, made and ready to go. So even that, the rebuilt Jewish temple is taking place uh, with the Jewish people, and on and on and on it goes. That's still just the tip of the iceberg of all the things that we cover, just in the one sign out of five uh, in this resource we put together called um, the uh, Final Countdown Volume 1. The second one that we go into is modern technology. Now, modern technology is kind of a fun thing. It's a fascinating thing. It's based on a prophecy uh, passage in Daniel chapter 12. And Daniel 12 says he uh, he's told to keep uh, this prophecy, these prophecies in Daniel, uh, sealed up until the time of the end, right? And then he continues on. Well, how do you know you're in the time of the end? And he predicts this. He says many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase, right? So you got two things uh, that he said are going to happen at the time of the end, right? And people are going to be rushing here and there. Well, guess what's happened in our lifetime? 
People are rushing here and there like never before. And it's all happened within our lifetime, right? Because you look as far as traveling, people rushing here and there. Uh, travel basically stayed the same for thousands of years. Uh, it's only in the last century that we've seen a major tr- change in transportation, right? You've got uh, 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 the fastest mankind could travel was via horseback uh, from whether Ale- uh, Alexander the Great to Abraham Lincoln. It was a, pretty much the same thing. But in the last century alone, uh, we've gone from the horse to horse to the horseless carriage, the car. We're traveling all over the place, and that's just on land. We've also had the invention of the airplane, and we can now travel anywhere we want at any time on land in the air. Uh, they're even talking about coming out with uh, flying cars, uh, uh, and uh, Virgin uh, uh, Airlines is coming out with Virgin Galactic. Uh, they want to basically now take people into outer space anytime that they want to go. There's even talk of doing a space elevator where you can literally, excuse me, with carbon technology that you could literally be, it's a, it's all the way tethered up in space. You can literally take a space ride up into the atmosphere and things of that nature. And so in our lifetime, we're seeing, just like Daniel predicted, in the end times, you're going to see people having the capability to rush here and there like never before. But he also says that knowledge is going to increase. And this one's kind of wild because we're seeing that happen before our very eyes. Uh, we've got so much knowledge now we don't even know what to do with. Uh, we, we, we are going to produce so much information in one year alone that it's going to equal all the information that we've come up with up until like 2005. It's going crazy. In fact, we, we got so much information we didn't know what to do with. The average newspaper today contains the same amount of information, more information than a person living in the 17th century would have come across in their entire lifetime. One newspaper. Oh, and by the way, thanks to the Internet, what do we have? We have a multitude of newspapers, thousands of newspapers from all over the world. We got so much information we don't even know what to do with. In fact, the information is exploding and it's going exponentially. Now, the danger of this is now even secular people are saying we're running into a serious danger with all this technology and that this technology continues to grow uh, is starting to spawn a type of super technology where basically uh, uh, they coined the event. It's called singularity, and that's where the technology would grow so fast that the technology would take over, in their words, not mine, the human era will be ended. That machines will take over. And basically, this technology will create an artificial technology, which is a whole other topic. We dealt with this in our documentary, uh, Attack of the Drone, Skynet is Coming, in great detail. But basically, that becomes artificial intelligence, all this technology, and then it basically uh, improves itself. Well, that version of artificial intelligence improves itself, and that version then improves itself, which then improves that self, and then it begins to spiral out of control way beyond human capabilities, and then guess what? We're toast. It takes over the planet. Now, that sounds like the Terminator series scenario, but that's exactly uh, what we have to deal with today. People are saying this is not make-believe. It's not science fiction. The Terminator scenario where a Skynet scenario takes over, AI takes over the planet and begins to hunt down mankind, uh, that's a real reality Okay, that we got to fight with. Okay. I just want to, um, you know, tell people that this is this is real. This is this is not something that you just came up with here, you know, because right now, if they go to 2045.com or any um, technology website that's um, bringing out this information, they even have self-replicating robots 
um, they now have AI that is writing their own code and making software. So this is not far-fetched at all. Go ahead, Pastor Bill. No, it's not. And that's why I say, you know, Chris, you're right, because even, you know, I mean, even the secular guys are acknowledging. In fact, we share this on our, again, our documentary, Attack of the Drone, Skydia is Coming. Even the secular computer experts, you got people like Elon Musk, you got people like Bill Gates, uh, you got uh, Steve Wozniak, who was the co-founder of Apple. Uh, you got uh, uh, Stephen Hawking. You know these secularists who are looked upon as geniuses, computer moguls, and computer geniuses. They're the ones that are sounding the alarm, not me. Saying, "Listen, this is a serious issue. AI is not coming. AI is already here, and uh, there is a serious threat of that thing taking over." And uh, but guess what? Daniel predicted that. Uh, nearly 2,500 years ago, roughly, and uh, uh, that, guess what? It's a sign that you're living in the end of days, that you're going to have people rushing here and there, modern technology, and you're going to see this explosion of knowledge like you can't even believe, and that's exactly what's happened today. Also, when it comes to technology, there's something else you got to look at, and we bring this out in our study, the Final Countdown, Volume 1 book, is the Bible talks about how uh, in Revelation 12, that there's going to be the death of the two witnesses. God's going to allow it to take place, and then he's going to literally rapture their bodies right in front of everybody. But it says there when they die, it says clearly in that text that was written nearly 2,000 years ago under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by the Apostle John, it says that the whole world is gazing upon their bodies for three and a half days. And so uh, put yourself in John's shoes when he's writing this down 2,000 years ago. How in the world— is the whole world going to watch two guys dead in the streets live? Okay, I mean, their bodies are dead, but they're watching it live in Jerusalem for three and a half days. Well, he maybe he wondered about it, but guess what? You and I don't. That's called modern technology. That's called satellite technology. It's called modern broadcasting, right? Our system. We watch any event we want anywhere live around the world 24-7, and we don't even think about it. Well, guess what? That's now technology that's transpired to fulfill this passage in our lifetime. In fact, it goes on to say in that same passage that they not only watched the dead bodies for three and a half days, it also goes on to say that they sent gifts to each other. Okay, and in the context, it's a three and a half days. Well, wait a second. John's writing this down. Right. And the mode of transportation still the horse. You know, how can somebody not just watch this event in three and a half days. How could they get a gift to somebody else across the world in three and a half days, right? Uh, Well, guess what? We can send anything we want anywhere around the planet anytime we want. In fact, I don't even have to go to the store uh, to order something. I could uh, use my cell phone or a laptop or a tablet and order it online. In fact, the delivery service... Has, the delivery service has now increased to the point where uh, Amazon's guaranteeing uh, not just two-day shipping, same-day shipping. Uh, you can get it now within two hours. In fact, Amazon's uh, even saying that they're going to come out with Prime Air, and you can get your delivery uh, in 30 minutes or less, right? Now, guess what? That's all happened in our lifetime. So you take a look at this technology. You take a look at what Daniel says. Modern technology is one of the big uh, signs that you're living the last days. And again, there's way more that we have in the book, but that just kind of gives your listeners a little teaser of some of the things that we cover. Because we move on to the next sign, and the next sign is worldwide upheaval. And basically, 
It's the birth pain issue that Jesus mentioned in Matthew 24. You know, his disciples come up to him and they say, hey, listen, uh, uh, tell us, right? When's all these things you know, going to take place? Uh, when are all these things going to take place? And uh, what's what's a sign that's going to happen, i.e. his second coming, which happens at the end of the seven tribulation. And Jesus begins to go down this list of things that are, you can expect to happen that are going to be on the increase. And he mentions one of those is going to be famines. Right. And you're thinking, well, famines, shamans, we've always had famines. Well, no, famines are on the increase. In fact, most people don't realize that right now, one world, uh, one third of our world right now is starving to death. I'll say that again. One third of our world right now is starving to death. And part of the reason why is because of uh, you're thinking, well, we're living in a, a technological era. How could this ever happen? Well, it's because people, uh, government corruption, war, uh, embargoes, uh, economic debt. Uh, look at Venezuela right now. Go, if you look and see what's going on in that country, people are literally not just eating out of the garbage can. They're pulling food out of the garbage can and they're selling it to other people. They're selling each other garbage. It's so well, bad. They're lining up in grocery stores. They're even getting markings on their hand, by the way. That's a whole market the beast issue, right, in order to get food, right? Uh, that's happening right now in our lifetime. But there's people that's even worse than that, right? We're talking full-blown famine. Now, part of it's because of uh, the land is being destroyed uh, by, believe it or not, environmentalists, so much for saving the planet, and uh, because they have uh, the restrictions on uh, certain chemicals and things to – uh, it, it's it's uh, actually increasing the deserts, and uh, in fact, right now, an area the size of Texas is is turning into deserts every single year in this world right now. It's just going exponentially crazy, and people are starving to death. So even though it doesn't appear like it here in the West, one third of our planet right now is starving to death. The famines are on the increase; it's getting worse. And then uh, you, people are saying uh, all it's going to take is the, uh, uh, more of the, the drought in uh, much of the southern states here in the United States, and uh, we're toast over here too. But Jesus said that's a sign of a worldwide upheaval event that you can expect uh, prior uh, to his coming. Now, he also mentions in that list not just famines are going to increase. He also mentions earthquakes. And what's interesting, if you do the study – uh, even the seismologists, the secular guys, are their words, not mine. Something strange is going on the planet. In fact, they're saying there's not just an increase of earthquakes, but there's mysterious cracks appearing all across the planet. Huge, massive crack. The planet is literally cracking up. South America, Iceland, Africa, and even here in Michigan, we report this one guy. Uh, it was on the news. He heard this massive rumbling. He goes in his back property. A huge, massive gash uh, just appeared out of nowhere in Michigan, of all places. So something strange there are many is happening to the planet. And, of course, not just uh, cracking up. Earthquakes are on the increase. In fact, remember back in the day when earthquakes, if it was 6.0, it was huge news? Yeah, they don't even yeah. talk about those anymore. Yeah. Uh, earthquakes now, <clears throat> excuse me, earthquakes now, you're talking 8.0 plus. Then they'll make the news. So they're not yeah. just increasing they're increasing in intensity. In fact, I, I went to the USGS site, and I just randomly looked. And on this day that I looked uh, at how many earthquakes occurred in just the United States in just one week, it was 1,100 earthquakes occurred in the United States in one week 
Okay, it's just crazy. In fact, you look at their charts. When you share the charts in the book, uh, they are clearly spiking. They are going out of control. Another thing that Jesus brings up is pestilence, right? Disease, right? And you're thinking, well, we've always had diseases. Well, not like we got today. Yeah. Diseases are going all over the place. In fact, uh, it was uh, in 1979, believe it or not, the U.S. Surgeon General, he makes this bold statement. And I quote, it's time to close the books on infectious diseases. So was he right? We don't have to worry about disease anymore. Are you kidding me? Since the 1990s, diseases have gone ballistic. In fact, diseases that we thought were once uh, conquered, uh, like uh, tuberculosis and uh, cholera, diphtheria, all those things, malaria, even the Black Plague, guess what? They're coming back, and they're coming back with a vengeance. Now, part of the reason is because modern technology. Modern technology uh, is helping the spread of these diseases, right? People can hop on a plane. And they could be in, a, in Africa. They could show up in New York City and they spread that disease in a matter of hours. That's yep. That danger has never been here except in our lifetime. Also, we have oversaturated ourselves so much with antibiotics that the diseases have mutated. And what used to kill them doesn't work anymore. And that's why, if you notice, we don't just have bugs. We got super bugs. We don't have just viruses. We got super viruses. We don't have flus. We got a, a a viral storm, a super flu, right? And they're admitting even the medical community, and this is their words, not mine. We are heading uh, uh, towards nothing short of quote a medical disaster, right? It's only a matter of time before these diseases. We can't keep up with them, and it's going to take off. And that's exactly what Jesus said. Then, of course, an easy one, and this is on the news every day. Jesus also said that you're going to see an increase of wars and rumors of wars. Right. In fact, uh, uh, World War Two was supposed to be the the war to end all wars. Right. Well, we've not only had two world wars, but since then, we've had over 150 major wars. <laughs> so so much for being the end of all wars. Right. Wars all over the place. In fact, uh, uh, the wars in the Middle East that ties into the Gog and Magog prophecy. Ezekiel uh, talks about that. Ezekiel 38, 39. And how all these nations will come against Israel in the last days with the help of a power from the north, i.e. Russia. And that's in the news today, right? And all those nations that were mentioned in that prophecy 25, 2600 years ago from Ezekiel, it's basically, if you do the historical lesson, because the names have changed, if you do the lesson to see what they are today, it's all the Muslim nations surrounding Israel. Yeah. That we see in the news today, this one to annihilate. That prophecy, the Gog and Magog prophecy, uh, dealing with this last day's wars that would come against Israel, that was written 2,600 years ago. You turn on the TV right now, that's coming to pass, right? And over and over again, the rise of earthquakes, the rise of famines, the rise of pestilence, the rise of wars, uh, all of that is happening in our lifetime like never before. Now, it doesn't predict the date. But if these are events that culminate in the seven-year tribulation and the rapture happens prior to that, then the logical conclusion is, guess what? The rapture must be around the corner. We don't know exactly when. We certainly don't know the day nor the hour, as the scripture clearly talks about. But boy, is it getting close. These are signs from God. You better get motivated. If you're not saved, you better get saved now. If you are saved, you better get cracking, witnessing, because today could be our last day. He's given us signs. Now, two more real quick. Oh, wait. And, Hold on, uh, Pastor. Hold on, Pastor, before yeah. we keep going. <laughs> um, what, what I'm noticing in everything that you're saying here. In our in our in our lifetime, we've seen it increase exponentially at just like how Jesus said, you know, the birth pangs, the birth pangs. 
And I know you're going to get into global upheaval, I think, right? Um, so many things are happening at this pace. Uh, it's like a, a it's like a worldwide convergence on many levels, Rory. Yes, you know, um, I, I listened to all the points that that pastor, boy, pastor, you hit those points like super fast. <laughs> and you know, one that comes to mind, and we don't have to go too far. They said that a couple of days ago, uh, I think it was in Antarctica, how the 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 um, the ice, I think the size of Delaware, just cracked. And it's never before seen. Um, those are some of the things. The earthquakes that are happening today, they are so um, so powerful that I remember a couple of years ago, I heard people saying that it sort of moved, it, the earth sort of wobbled on its axis. So we are seeing some th- things in our time that is unbelievable at only God could have predicted in his word. And he says... He's standing over his word. These are the things that he spoke in his word thousands of years ago. He allowed men to write these. He inspired men to write these things. And they're coming through. And I loved what you said. No man knows the hour nor the time. No man knows the hour nor the time. That's God's word. But based off of the things that we see happening today, we know that these things are near. Yeah, well, you know, Jesus thought he, he told um, when he was speaking that, you know, you'd be a hypocrite if you don't know the season. You know, you could tell when the, the spring is going to come and when your crops are going to grow, but you don't know the coming of the Son of Man. And so he's telling you, you know, here are the things, the signs, if you will, uh, that are going to happen before his return. And like Pastor said, this is the time to get out and pull people from the fire. You know, be motivated to spread the gospel, Pastor. Well, and that's just it. It's it's what's unfortunate is people, uh, you know. Again, I, I I'm going to go back to that issue that you know the unfortunate behavior of uh, date setters, and what it does is it puts a sour taste in people's mouth, even in the church. Oh, you're not one of those wackos, right? Because the moment you try to start bringing up these issues, dealing with prophecy, and 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 all of our discussion, we're doing it correctly biblically. We're not setting a date. Uh, we're dealing with the prophecies as we're called to do. I mean, the Bible deals one third directly or indirectly with prophecy. One third of the Bible does. So you got to talk about prophecy if you're going to talk about the Bible, right? It's all over the place. So, but you just can't set a date. And we're not. We're just saying, man, God tells us the season. He lets you know it's getting close, right? But because yeah. these people go over the threshold and violate that biblical rule, then when sure enough a date comes and passes, then even in the church, people look at anybody who brings up prophecy, even if you teach it correctly without setting a date, but they lump you into that group. And they go, oh, you're one of those people. I'm not going to listen to you. You're a wacko. You're like that guy who's setting a date, setting the end of the world. No, I'm not saying that I know the date, but but it is getting close. Right. And again, that's what's sad is these date setters are ruining it for the rest of us who are rightly teaching all the scripture, including prophecy. Okay, but people are being trained and tricked into tuning this information out. And so they're caught off guard. and, And again, they're missing the blessing when you know and you take a look at this information that the God wrote down for us for our benefit 
2,000, 2,500, 2,600 years ago, right? So that we would know not the date or the hour, but when it's getting close so that we would be motivated, so that we would be faithful, so that we would be those godly examples in midst of an ungodly world who needs to know Christ as their Savior before it's too late, right? Uh, he, he, he gave us that information so that would transpire, okay? That's what we need to be doing, right? But again, the world uh, doesn't want to listen to us in, any more than the date setters because the date setters have ruined it for us. And it's, just, it's just sad, right? And, um, and yet, guess what? These events continue to transpire. And, and that's what I'm saying. Listen, I, I don't have, I'm glad these people are, are talking about prophecy. Why, why don't you just stick with what we're supposed to stick with? I mean, you're, you're obviously spending oodles and oodles and oodles of hours and research on your date setting thing. How about spend that same amount of time on rightly understanding prophecy and rightly sharing it as a means to share the gospel with other people? Don't you think that'd be much more fruitful? Yeah. So uh, again, stick to your Bible, learn the word of God and um, spread it, spread the word, talk, speak with your family, let them know what time frame we are in this whole thing that God has spun in action since, you know, of course, the beginning of time, we're winding down, winding down to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And again, you know, stick to the word of God. Pastor? Yeah, well, speaking of the second coming of Christ, uh, that's another thing that Jesus told us. You know, the next time we deal with is the rise of falsehood. And he said that uh, before he gets into the talk in Matthew 24, how do you know it's getting close to his second coming, which again happens at the end of the seven-year tribulation. He said you're going to see, before he talks about wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, pestilence, all that stuff. He says that there's going to be false Christ. Many are going to come in his name claiming that I am the Christ. And even that aspect, we go in great detail, uh, is happening on a rapid scale too. You know, we, we start back with the, the Reverend uh, Sun Young Moon. Uh, for years, uh, he not only claimed to be the Messiah, but he was literally the Lord of the universe. And he even had the audacity to say that Jesus uh, is trying to follow him, uh, Mr. Moon. And he's, uh, he's, Jesus is trying to follow in his footsteps. It's just, it's crazy. Now, if you want to talk even crazier, and we document this, uh, he was actually crowned Messiah, uh, Reverend Sun Young Moon. I even hesitate to use that word, Reverend, uh, in our Senate building, one of our Senate buildings, and uh, by a bunch of ecumenical leaders. And it's like, it's like are you, what, what is that? What, why are they doing that in our government? Okay. Then there's another guy. Uh, Jesus of Siberia, and that's kind of like the Asian version, uh, Sun Young Moon. Uh, Jesus of Siberia, he's from Russia, and, and people, you know, he, he dresses, he's got long brown hair, he, he walks around with this crimson robe, so I guess that makes him Jesus, right? No, don't think so. And uh, they say that he radiates this incredible love, and, and, and speaking to him is like an electric shock or bells ringing, blah, 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 and people are falling for that. There's a guy traipsing around in Pennsylvania here in the United States. Uh, his name is, <clears throat> I'm not making this up, what's your name? And the reason why they call him "What's Your Name" is because I'm not making this up. When people ask him "What What's Your Name," he only replies back "What's Your Name." <laughs> so that's why they call him the "What's Your Name." But he's walking around right in this white robe. We got him on video, and of course you can see him in the book too, uh, transcribed. Uh, he's walking around claiming to be Jesus, and people are falling for it, right? Then in England, there's the guy uh, David Shaler, 
He's called the MI5 uh, Maasai because he's a former MI5 uh, British Secret Service agent. And he claims to have this secret messianic power, even to where he can influence uh, 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 sporting events, the results. And uh, and then so we actually share with you uh, him actually talking about this in an interview. Uh, he says that he somehow can influence uh, the outcome, what team he wants to win. And But I quote, he says, uh, he says, I uh uh, I got drunk, and it turns out that uh, it doesn't work if you get drunk. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> are you serious? And, <laughs> yeah. it's, and, and it's almost comical, but this is what it is. Then there's another guy traipsing around in Australia, right? His his name's A.J. Miller, and uh, he's even over here in the United States in conference rooms, and people are paying bucks to see this guy. He, he, he traipses around with his girlfriend named Mary. Well, guess who she's supposed to be? That's right, Mary Magdalene, uh, oh. reincarnated. Uh, and uh, all that baloney. And people are paying. They're supporting this guy. He's traveling all the world, Greece, England, uh, uh, back in the U.K. Again, he's over here in the United States. Then there's the New Age Messiah, uh, a guy called uh, Lord Maitreya. He's promoted, been promoted for years by this guy named Benjamin Cream. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, there's actually been, and we actually transcribed the videos on in the book, two commercials. I'm not making this up. Two commercials on CNN promoting this Lord Maitreya guy as the Messiah. And, mm. and I'll read, let me, let me read the transcript from the actual commercials promoting this false Messiah on CNN. Quote, if the Christ or Buddha returned today, would you recognize him? The one awaited by all major religions has come uh, when we least expected it. He's ready to emerge openly very soon. Look for a bright star shining in the night sky as, as a, a sign of his public emergence. Imagine a world free of poverty and war and injustice, where sharing and cooperation replace greed and competition, where peace born of justice prevails. And in the midst of today's chaos in this new world, is it possible? Uh, now in our midst, we have the help of an extraordinary kind, expected by every major faith. He awaits but our invitation. Matreya, the world teacher, is now among us. That's the transcript from actual commercials, not one, but two, that aired on CNN. It's crazy, right? And, uh, and on and on it goes. There's even the Hispanic version, a guy named uh, Jose uh, Luis de Jesus Miranda. He's actually not claiming to be the uh, Jesus, but he actually encourages followers to tattoo 666 on their bodies, and that's supposed yeah. to be a, a good thing. That's crazy. But pretty much every ethnic group around the world Somebody is rising up, claiming to be the Messiah, and it's crazy, right? You think, well, how can people fall for this? Well, because the Bible also says in the last days, people are going to be turning away from the truth, and they're going to listen to stories made up. Because that's what these guys are doing. They're making up a story. They're not Jesus, because, and they're not Jesus come, come back on the earth, because the Bible tells us exactly how Jesus returns on the earth, Right? Uh, in fact, Jesus clearly said in Matthew 24, if somebody says, look, here he is in the inner rooms, don't believe it. For as lightning comes from the east, <clears throat> is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. It's going to be a global event when Jesus comes back, right? Acts chapter 1, when Jesus ascended to the Father, the angel said he's going to be coming back in like manner. You're going to see him. It's going to be a global event. There's going to be no mistake. He's not going to appear secretly in Pennsylvania, Right. He's not going to show up and promote the 666 as a sign of allegiance. He's not going to show up in a rented room in Dallas, Texas. Right. It's going to be a global event. So every one of these guys obviously are hucksters. But that's the problem. It's like that's clear in the Bible. Even Jesus told us that 
how he's going to come back, the real Jesus. So how could people be falling for this? Well, it's another sign of prophecy, a falsehood, that Paul told Timothy that in the last days that people are not going to put up with sound doctrine. Instead, 2 Timothy 4, he, that they're going to suit their own desires. They're going to gather around themselves a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They're going to turn away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Now, tickle their ears is the Greek word kinetho, which means only pleasant things. And myths is muthos, and it means stories made up. And the context here is the church, by the way. And so how do you know, according to Paul, that you're living in the last days? It's getting close. When all you get from the pulpit is basically pleasant things and stories made up. Now, what's that sound like? That sounds like about 95% of so-called churches in America, doesn't it? You don't hear prophecy. You don't hear about hell. You don't hear about God's wrath. You don't hear about sin. You know, all the things mentioned in the Bible, Old Mm -hmm. Testament, New Testament. All you hear about is what? Pleasant things and stories made up, right? So that's that. But also because of that, because all people ever hear is a bunch of fluff, which basically a lot of it is fluff. It's not even from the Bible. It's just literally stories made up, okay, or or just pleasant things from pop psychology, learn to be a better you, how to have a high self-esteem, blah, blah, blah. People, yeah, right. And so people are not being trained in sound doctrine, even basic doctrine, including here's how Jesus is coming back. It's going to be a global event. As lightning uh, flashes from the east, from the west, everybody's going to see it. It's not going to be in secret. And so people fall for these hucksters. And knowing that, speaking of stories made up, there's all kinds of people, uh, especially in the charismatic movement, right? God told me, God gave me a word, and God gave me, excuse me, if, and I've said this for years. Listen, if anybody comes up to you and, tell, and says, God gave me a word, then they better be opening up the Bible and showing you a verse, because that's all the word that we need. That's the sure words from the Bible. When somebody goes outside of that, run, right? And that's what these people do. God gave me a vision, and he told me that in Texas, Interstate 35 is referring to Isaiah 35, and the highway that's mentioned there in Isaiah is referring to this highway, and it's going to institute a, a movement of holiness. Now, see, you think I'm joking, but what I just quoted to you is what we quoted in the book, is one of the examples of what these people do. And there's actually a group of charismatic people who are saying that God gave them a prophecy that Isaiah 35, which mentions in that verse a highway to holiness, which, by the way, has nothing to do with America, okay, that that's referring to Interstate 35 that goes through Texas. It's crazy. They said, what do you, you?" but see, that's what people do. They make up stories. That's what Paul said would happen last day. They're making that up. You know, God told me I had a bit. No, you're making that up. That's not what the Bible said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that has gone ballistic. Right. And and now people think that see Jesus everywhere. Not just these. I, we recorded the people seeing Jesus supposedly on a French fry. Jesus on a potato chip. Jesus on a Cheeto. Yeah. Jesus on a bruise, a cell phone, an Xbox, uh, an iron. Uh, Jesus supposedly in a tree, on a rock, a ceiling stain, on a shoe, a lava lamp. I kid you not. One guy says he saw Jesus on a beer bottle. Listen to this quote. He says, when I saw it, I got goose pimples. I have no doubt it was the face of Jesus. You, you, you can even see his beard and hair. And then the article said, quote, the devil is constantly at work at stopping these signs from spreading. It ended up the beer bottle got collected by a barmaid when nobody was paying attention and thrown away. Oh, we missed the coming of Jesus on a beer bottle. Are you kidding me? Now, how could people fall for that? 
because they're not being trained in sound doctrine. All you get if you even show up for a church service is a bunch of baloney stories made up. It's crazy, right? In fact, we even documented there's a lady here in Las Vegas, and she was encouraged. She felt that, oh, this is going to be my life has turned around. You know why? Because she was convinced that she saw Jesus on her toilet seat. It's crazy. And say, no, listen, Jesus <laughs> oh is not gosh. coming back on a beer bottle. He's not coming back on the toilet seat. He's not coming back as one false messiah is uh, riding a scooter with hot chicks on the back of it. That's a whole other false messiah we document in our studies. Okay, he's coming back as a global event. Matthew mm-hmm. 20, as the lightning comes from the east and the west, it's not some secret. It's, it's, it's crazy. But because of all this falsehood and these false teachings and false messiahs, people are falling for it hook, line, and sinker. And then we even go into, of course, with that, all, all different kinds of false teachings, uh, certainly with the New Age movement. You know, one of the biggest false teachers coming to church is Oprah Wan Kenobi, or I mean Oprah Winfrey. And, uh, she's, the, she's the biggest New Age priestess on the planet. And uh, she's preaching her New Age lies from TV. But the problem is so-called Christians are watching her filth and false teachings. And she's claiming Oprah is claiming to be a Christian. And yet we have her on tape and we transcribed it in the book where she clearly denies Jesus as the only way. And she begins to mock a Christian lady in the audience who challenged Oprah on it. What do you mean Jesus is not the only way? He is the only way. And, uh, and Oprah fights her on it and says, no, he can't be. So how in the world can you sit there and say Oprah is a Christian when Oprah herself denies basic core Christian doctrine that Jesus Christ, John 14, 6, is the only way to heaven? Guess what? By her own words, she disqualifies herself. But you got Christians who listen to her filth, her false teaching, and instead of shutting it off, and they're being led astray. There's so many false messiahs, false teachers, false teachings. It's going crazy. But guess what? That's what Jesus said is going to happen before he comes back in, in the rise of falsehood. Pastor, you know, you're so right. I saw a clip of her with this uh, gentleman, Rob Bell. Yeah. And he, um, the, the, the stuff that was coming that they were talking about was not biblical at all. You know, they're saying, well, like God has changed his stance and how the church is going to um, evolve into this new thing. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And and like you said, people are falling for this stuff, hook, line, and sinker. People are not even opening the Bible to see if it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. They're just false teachings all over the place and you see like you you see uh like with oprah you see some christians on the video with her and you could tell that they're not even sure about her teaching but they want more you know and you know again it's, it's just this thing about getting away from the bible oh the bible is not enough there's there's some hidden knowledge there's some gnosis that we all need to get to this higher spiritual level when uh you know with the Holy Spirit in us and us in the Word and Him teaching us the Word through His Spirit, what other high do you need? What other knowledge, other gnosis do you need? And, you know, of course, this has been going on since the early church, but now it's just at an uptick worldwide. Yeah, and what's sad is, you know, Paul commended the Bereans uh, because of why? 
because they, uh, you know, took his word. No, they didn't even take the apostle Paul's word for it. What did he say? He commended them because they searched what? The word of God to see if what he was saying was true. And like you said, Rory, that's not what's going on. Not only from the pulpit, but even from the TV. Uh, apparently, all you got to do is say you're a Christian. And somehow you are one, like with Oprah. But people aren't going back to the word. They're not being Bereans. You know, you put it to the test. I'm not. You know, and many times, I mean, I've got so much flack over the years. People say, well, you shouldn't name names. You shouldn't call people out. I said, well, well, let's just go back and understand what what a shepherd, a pastor is supposed to be. Pastor is a shepherd, shepherd the flock, right? And you're not only supposed to feed the flock, you're not only supposed to care for the flock, you're supposed to protect the flock. And one of the things you protect the flock from as a faithful pastor is from false teachers who want to come and devour the sheep, right? And fleece the sheep and hurt the sheep and kick the sheep and lead them astray from the, the protection of the fold. So what are you supposed to do when these false teachers come up? Well, there's somebody on TV that you might need to be aware of. Now, I'm not going to tell you who it is, and uh, but I'm telling you it's not a good thing. And somehow, <laughs> some way, I hope that you figure it out on your own the, about this false teaching and false teacher. All right, I warned you. It, <laughs> no, call them out. And you, you can't call out names. Well, read your Bible. Paul called people's names out. Yep. They've been in there for the last 2,000 years. He In the church, he called out Phi, uh, Philetus, uh, uh, Alexander, Hymenaeus, right? Mm -hmm. He called them out. Jesus, man, you want a, a, a public rebuke, a strong one? Matthew 23, read the whole thing. What's Jesus doing? Oh, by the way, there's exclamation points there. Jesus got loud. He's calling out the Pharisees in public, man. You brood of vipers. He's calling them out. So don't sit there and say you can't call somebody out. I call them out all the time. Stay away from Joel Olstein. Stay away from Benny Hinn. Stay away from uh, Frederick Price. Stay away from Kenneth Copeland. Stay away from these false teachers. Yep. Right? Stay away from Rick Warren. Call them out. Don't expect people know because they don't know typically. As a faithful shepherd, call them out. That's exactly. being a faithful pastor. Yeah. The Bible says that you're to sternly rebuke them. Just like you said, when Jesus came to the church and they were doing the, they were money changers, he said to them, you know, you're making this into, um, you're, it, this is a house of prayer and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And he was angry. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Call yeah. them out. Call them out. <laughs> That's what we have to do. We have the word of God to stand on, and that's what we are standing on solely. Yeah. So what's the next issue here, Pastor? Well, they got one more to go, and that's in this Final Countdown Volume 1 book, and that's the rise of wickedness. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm so glad that we see zero signs of that happening. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for filling in the blank there, Rory. We're supposed to laugh at that. That's sarcasm for a point. Uh, man, this one is just like, are you kidding me? Not only turn on your news and see wars and rumors of wars, not only turn on your news and see that everybody wants to make a peace treaty with Israel, not only turn on your news and see all this technology and all these fake phonery things going on uh, with falsehood and false Christ and stuff. Turn on your news, man. What do you see every single night? You see a massive increase of wickedness. That's exactly what Paul said. In fact, he said, mark this. This is 2 Timothy 3. He said, mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying his power, have nothing to do with them. In other words, stay away, right? And and granted, there's been wickedness ever since the fall of man, but nothing, man, like we see today. In fact, we draw a dichotomy. Listen to this. I'm going to read to you the leading public school disciplinary problems, right? It's first the 1940s, <clears throat> then the 1980s, which, again, was 30-plus years ago. But listen to this. Listen how much it's changed. In the 1940s, the biggest problem in schools, quote, bad behavior, wicked behavior, was this, talking, chewing gum, making noise, running in the hallways, getting out of place in line, woohoo, uh, wearing improper clothing, and not putting paper in the wastebasket. Those rebels, right? 40 years later, in the 80s, it went to drug abuse, alcohol abuse, pregnancy, suicide, rape, robbery, and assault. And what's going on today? Way worse than that. And we have mass killings at school. On top of that, right? All in our lifetime, in the last few decades, we are seeing a major massive rise of wickedness like never before. And that's easy to demonstrate, right? And part of it is because if you look at our own country— uh, there was a lot of subterfuge going on. We had humanists taking over, right, and getting the Bible taken out of school, getting prayer taken out of school, and then later they finally got the Ten Commandments taken out of school. I've shared this before, but one of the judges that ruled against uh, getting the uh, ruled for getting the Ten Commandments out of school is basically the ruling and vernacular uh, went like this: uh, If a child were to look at the Ten Commandments, they might ponder them. If the child were to ponder the Ten Commandments, they might uh, be inclined to obey them, and that's not good for them. So basically, you're going to get brain damage if you read the Ten Commandments. And yet, we have, we have the Ten Commandments that say, thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not kill. And what's going on in schools today since you ripped them out? Everything. Stealing, killing, Everything. all kinds of stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. So if that's brain damage, we need to get that brain damage back in school. Now, they have and we demonstrate this. The humanists, they've taken over our school system. OK. And uh, in fact, we document uh, how they admitted that in order to uh, and this is what's given rise to the wickedness is because humanism basically believes man is the center of all things, not God. Man is the center of all things. We get to be our own God. We get to determine what's right and wrong. And uh, we demonstrate that that's what these guys do. Uh, and uh, let me just read to you a couple quick quotes on those guys. One, one uh, humanist said this. He said, we must ask how we can kill the God of Christianity. We need only to ensure that our schools teach only secular knowledge. If we could achieve this, God would indeed be shortly due for a funeral service. Uh, and then they go on to say uh, that basically what can a theistic Sunday school OK, meeting for an hour once a week due to stem the uh, uh, fraction uh, due to stem the tide of a five day program of humanistic teaching. So they admit it. We, you might have them for one hour a week at a Sunday school class, assuming they're even getting the Bible there. Right. Well, we've got them five days a week, eight hours a day. They admit it. They, they hijacked the school system. In fact, listen to this. One guy said this, a humanist says, I'm convinced that the battle for mankind's future must be waged and won in the public school classroom by teachers who correctly perceive their role as proselytizers of a new faith 
the religion of humanity. These teachers must embody the same selfless dedication as the most rabid fundamentalist preachers, for they will be ministers of another sort, utilizing a classroom instead of a pulpit to convey humanist values in whatever subject they teach, regardless of the educational level, preschool, daycare, large state university. The classroom must and will become an arena of conflict between the old and the new, the rotting corpse of Christianity and the new faith of humanism. And one more. Let me just give you one more. This is from a Harvard professor of education of psychiatry. Listen to what he said. Quote, every child in America entering school at the age of five is mentally ill because he comes to school with certain allegiances towards our founding fathers, toward our elected officials, towards his parents, towards a belief in God, toward the sovereignty of this nation as a separate entity. It is up to you, teachers, to make all these sick children well by creating the international children of the future. Now, I'll tell you what's sick is that statement and the other statements. And what what blows me away, we've homeschooled our kids from the get-go, my wife and I, and still doing it to this day. But what blows me away is uh, Christian parents fight me on this and say, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. I am quoting their own words. Right. And they admitted that if you want to change the minds of people, even here in America, if you want to remold a generation in your image or the image that you want to promote, and in this case, man is the center of all things, not God, the exact opposite of the Judeo-Christian ethic and belief, okay, then you have to take over the school system. That's what they did, right? Yeah. yeah. And this is what's going on. And yet we keep sending our kids back to the lion's den back to the wolves, and we wonder why, listen to this stat, the stats are up, upwards to 80-plus percent of kids who are raised in a Christian home reject the Christian faith by their first year in secular college. 80-plus yep. percent. Yeah, why? Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, you didn't get them equipped when you had them, and even while you had them, you handed them over to the wolves, and by the time they get to the secular university— uh, been there, done that, okay, before I got saved, they go after the Christian, right? And they seek to annihilate you and remove any last vestige of Christ or knowledge of God and his word. There is a war going on, and they're 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 basically hijacking and brainwashing our kids. They've been doing it for several generations. Now, guess what? You You basically teach kids that they came from an ape, which is the lie of evolution, right? But you teach kids from we high, from preschool up, that they came from an ape. Why in the world are we shocked when they act like an ape? We, we, we teach kids that they're a bunch of animals, right? Then why are we shocked when they act like an animal? You teach kids that there's no purpose and value to life. Why are we so shocked when they're so flippantly take a life? Right. Mm. We teach kids that there's no reason for living, uh, that there is no God. Why are we shocked when they act so ungodly? What a person believes determines how they behave. And we have a whole generation, multi-generations of people who have been brainwashed by humanists who've hijacked our educational system to get people to think that there is no God. And we wonder why we have such a godless society. Well, guess what? That's part of the reason why we are seeing the Bible come alive today. Paul said in the last days, you're going to see an increase of wickedness. How did it get so stinking wicked even here in the United States? Well, guess what? We allowed these ungodly, 
unrighteous, God-hating humanists to hijack our school system. And to this day, we are still sending our kids to be brainwashed into an ungodly environment. And we actually sit back and we're shocked at the society we have now. Yeah. We have allowed yeah. these people to produce it. Yeah. The church should be leading the way back. Yeah, and this it's stuff crazy. even goes up to the college level, as you know. And, you know, our, our, our Christian universities have now turned into atheist university or humanistic universities. Um, everything is just flipped on its head. And I'm, I'm glad I homeschool. And, you know, it's just, you know, you, when I saw the changes coming, you know, and then I pulled my daughter out of school. And I'm so glad that I did that. But, you know, um, parents, I know, I know a lot of parents out there, you know, you can't afford to do this and do that, but there's some affordable homeschooling programs out there. You'd be shocked that it's not that expensive, but I know that the way that society has gone, it has created an environment that destroys families. So, um, instead of the wife being home, taking care of the kids, both parents have to work because of whatever income situation. And, you know, I get it. It's hard. But if you make strides to, to take care of your kids education and um, moral upbringing through the Bible and um, you teaching them um, through the homeschool, you'll be very glad that you did it. Roy. Well, um, I have to talk about Christian school. Because that's the experience that I've had. I've had a little bit of homeschool and also Christian school. And you would be amazed to know that Christian school, uh, that you still have to stand up and fight. You have to fight even more because it's a Christian school. Um, because of some of the things that you have that are going on there. Um, even some of the things that are being taught in a Christian school. Even when you're being taught Bible. Because I teach Bible at home to my kids, my kids would come home to me and say, oh, you wouldn't believe what I heard today. And, and I said, what did you do? They said, well, I didn't say anything. I would wait until after the class, and then I would go and, and talk to the teacher because sometimes it's wrong. You know, just a lot of the different things that we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, you'd be amazed to see that they seep into the Christian school. And even when you're dealing with Christians— they have some varying beliefs and only the word of God that you can stand on and point out that it's wrong. Roy, I'll add this real quick, and it's been my experience too, and that's why we chose not to, because we did the research back in the day, my wife and I, and then, you know, um, in pastoring, listened to other people who went to Christian schools and their kids and the parents as well. And I, I think there's a misconception out there with a, a, a lot of Christian schools, uh, Christian parents with great high ideals, and they want to get their kids out of the secular arena, uh, and which is a great desire. And I applaud anybody who does that. And in my opinion, that's what you need to do, especially when you know what's being taught. And I even hit the surface. I mean, we've got right now that uh, transgenders are going into uh, preschools and kindergartens and uh, they're showing them how to use condoms, and I, 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 I can't even talk about what's really going on. It's that, it's that wicked, and I'm not talking. And I'm not. I, it isn't just. It's anti God. It's pro evolution. It's, it's, it's wicked. 
uh, what's going on in school. So I applaud anybody to get your kid out of school. But what happens sometimes, people need to understand, you need to do your homework on the Christian school. Let's say, well, I don't have time to homeschool. Yes, you do. Uh, and uh, I have to do all the work. No, you don't. Okay. And those are misnomers when it comes to homeschooling. And as you'd mentioned, Chris, it's extremely affordable nowadays. Uh, in fact, it's a whole lot cheaper in Christian schools uh, by and large. But with that said, is what here, here's what people miss. Most Christian schools will allow non-Christian students to come to the Christian school. And it's under the premise that, well, we want to reach them for Christ. Well, that's great. But guess what? The uh, Christian schools then that you think you're sending your kid to, that's always going to be a 100% positive godly influence with 100% godly behavior surrounded by 100% Christians, that's not reality. In fact, typically what happens is the secular world sends the worst of the worst kids who've got kicked out of public schools, right? They send them to the, quote, Christian schools to, quote, clean them up. So you not only get non-Christians that go to uh, Christian schools, typically you get some of the worst uh, as far as behavior, right? And I get it, you want to reach to them, but Christian parents need to go into this with both eyes open, that not everybody that goes to a Christian school surrounded little Johnny and little Susie, right, is necessarily a good influence on them, right? And it typically messes things up. And unless the school has a good handle on it, you ain't much better off than the public school, right, when it comes to bad behavior, uh, bad influences, uh, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so, I, you know, I just throw that out there. But absolutely. everything – or go ahead. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. And, and uh I tell my kids um, that go to a Christian school and they're, you know, um, I tell them uh, that, listen, not because somebody says that, you know, you're in a Christian school, everybody's a Christian there. They have the same beliefs that you do. And my kids at first, they would look at me and say, you're weird. Dad, why are you so weird? But you have to stand up and you have to shine your light wherever it is you're going, if it's going to be a board meeting or a basketball game, you know, the same thing holds through all the way across. If it's not, we have a problem. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's what, you know, for us, we just went back to like, you know what? It's just, let's just keep it clean. Let's keep it in my hands, you know, in, in our hands. And uh, let's just bring it, bring it into the homeschool environment. And uh, that way we're responsible uh, for that. But, but let me, we got a little bit more time. I wanted to get in one more thing on the, on the wicked thing. And, and again, this is everywhere. And speaking of schools, this is a huge problem. It's called drugs, right? And a lot of people don't realize that drugs, of course, they lend to uh, wicked behavior, obviously. Um, but they don't realize it's actually a, a sign that you're uh, in the last days. Because Revelation chapter 9 talks about people in the seven-year tribulation. And it says there, uh, they did not stop worshiping demons and they did not repent of their murders, their magic arts, uh, or sexual immorality, or their thefts. Now, this is in the seven-year tribulation. So the society logically leading up to this point uh, is going to be a society that's going to be more open to worshiping demons and more open to murder and thievery and sexual immorality. All that's happening today. Uh, but also it says magic arts. Now, magic arts is the Greek word pharmakeia. And it means sometimes it's translated their sorcery or witchcraft, and that is what it entails. Uh, but it also in, entails drugs because witchcraft, the occult, they use drugs and their rituals, and etc. 
but it's the Greek word pharmakia where we get like pharmaceuticals, so drugs. So witchcraft, drugs, that's going to be a major play in the seven-year tribulation. So that's the question. Do we see any signs that our world is getting enthralled uh, with witchcraft, the occult, uh, drugs, because we know it's going to culminate in a massive level during the seven-year tribulation? Well, that's everywhere, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. again, turn on your TV. What do you see? Drug this, drug that, drug war here, drug raid this, drug, drug. Everything's all about drugs. And in fact, what's very concerning to me uh, uh, as a, a Christian, as a father, as a pastor, is the acceptance of drugs, even in the, quote, church, right? Because been there, I uh, wish I wouldn't have bought the T-shirt before I got saved. I used pretty much every drug on the sun except for heroin. And uh, I, I'll tell you firsthand that when a person does drugs, it is not just a physical trip. You are opening up spiritual doors that you don't want to mess with, right? And uh, and then what's concerning to me is uh, it started out for me was drinking alcohol, which is a drug. And that led to the next gateway drug, which was called marijuana. And then after that, it was just, man, things got really bad uh, into speed and, and uh, LSD and all kinds of stuff of that nature. Well, guess what our society uh, is promoting? And I, I've even heard people in the, quote, church go lax on this issue. And that's this marijuana issue. Marijuana, even the secular experts are saying this is a gateway drug. Right? It's bad enough that people are already doing alcohol, which I'm sorry, is a drug, right? And gets you to do some dumb things and make dumb decisions. Been there, done that. Okay. But marijuana is even worse. Right. And they want to, and then you hear Chris say, oh, it's fine. It's, it's all natural. It's, what do you mean it's all natural? I, I, I remember doing that stuff. You are not in your right mind. It's a psychotropic thing. You are opening up spiritual doors you don't want to mess with. And what's concerning to me is when you see not only the world in our lifetime, we're seeing state after state after state after state legalizing this drug that's a gateway drug. And then what's concerning is on top of that, Christians are saying, yeah, it's perfectly fine. You've got to be kidding me. And uh, it's going to lead to all kinds of stuff. In fact, in the states who've already legalized marijuana because they want to say, well, it's safe to smoke pot and drive. Are you kidding me? That's the last thing you want to do. In fact, now it's come out two things, especially in Colorado, which was one of the first states. Two side, there's actually three side effects for uh, since they passed the marijuana usage law. Is number one the increase of traffic fatalities? People are dying more because they're driving while they're high, right? So that blows away the myth that you're a safe driver when you're on this. If you can't drive when you drink alcohol, you shouldn't be driving. Well, first of all, you shouldn't be drinking alcohol and you shouldn't be smoking marijuana. But you certainly shouldn't be driving on either. Okay, so that's a lie. And that's come out. Number two, it doesn't uh, make you a more productive person because it's now coming out that employers in Colorado are having to find employees out of state because so many people are either not showing up for work or they're showing up for work totally high and they can't even function. Wow. So, so it's actually destroying businesses. It's not better for the economy. Oh, it's better to raise taxes, but it's not better for businesses. Number three, I don't know if you've seen this in the news lately. It's now coming out. A strange disease is now starting to uh, appear on people using marijuana because there's so much usage. Oops. Guess uh-huh. you didn't see that one coming. And so, so again, it's a myth. Now, again, this is leading – 
towards people opening up spiritual doors, having been there, done that. <clears throat> and that's what we see in the scripture. They didn't just use a bunch of drugs, pharmacaea. They got involved in witchcraft, even to the point where they were worshiping demons. So you combine drug activity with the promotion at the same time of what? What's another thing that's on TV everywhere? The occult, Satanism, witchcraft. And witchcraft has been, by the way, repackaged into Wicca. That's the new name for it. All it is is uh, old-fashioned witchcraft. All they did is change the name from witchcraft to Wicca, and then they make it sound like it's good for the environment, and people are falling for it right and left. Yeah. But all it is is old-fashioned witchcraft, right? Yep. So you combine yep. an increase of drugs, sorcery, witchcraft, Satanism. Guess what you got? You got a planet crawling with demons. You got a planet crawling with drugs. You got a planet crawling with people actually worshiping demons, cohabitating with demons, meaning in relations with, they're worshiping them, they're conjuring them, they're opening themselves up spiritually to be possessed by them, even with drug usage. And what do you have? You have the society that's mentioned in Revelation chapter 9 who refuse to repent. They weren't even, and you think, well, no wonder they're in such a messed up state of mind. Who knows what's going through their mind? They can't even yeah. think straight. They're so messed up on drugs and in the dark arts and sorcery and the occult. They don't turn to God, even in the midst of that. So that's what's going to happen. Here's my point. All that's going to happen in the seven-year tribulation. So if we're seeing people get enthralled with drugs on a massive scale in our lifetime, witches, witchcraft, Wicca, sorcery, Satanism, open themselves up to demons, demon possession, demon worship, okay? Uh, and if that's happening now, then therefore logically— we don't know the day nor the hour, but how much closer is the rapture of the church, which takes place prior to this event culminating in the seven-year tribulation, Revelation chapter 9? This is the whole premise that we provide uh, in this resource, the final countdown, volume one in the book, with the videos as well. Again, we don't, we're not setting a date because that violates scripture. But the scripture, God loves us. He wants us to know when things are getting close, when we're headed towards, i.e., the verbiage, the final countdown. And so that we can be found faithful when he comes back so that we can know it's close so that we can make sure that our life and our walk with Jesus Christ is holy by the power of his spirit and that we are emulating him being a great example. And also that we are busy doing what we need to do. Why do you think he still has this here? It's called share the gospel. It's the great commission, not the grand suggestion. And we need to utilize this information going, wow. We don't know the day or the hour. Okay, I can't be a date setter, but look at all this information. Look at how close things are getting. We better get motivated. We're in the last days. Amen. Amen. And, you know, um, the, the stuff that you brought up about the drugs and, you know, I've been researching some things over the last two years and this thing, Flocka and, and this, these other drugs. I've watched videos where people are huddled in a group like zombies out of their mind, probably even possessed. I've seen girls crawled up, uh, you know, um, behind dumpsters or in their, their loft or something, just unaware of what's really going on in whatever state of mind they're in, you know, and this, this can only get worse, you know, as far as, you know, people like you, like you're illustrating, going towards these things, searching for some high opening doors and then Hollywood is promoting it too, right? 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I've seen it where it's given superhuman strength. I've seen the same thing where you see people are just possessed. Uh, it's it. It looks like they're possessed. They act like they're possessed. And you know, um, people need to know about this. This is like, it's happening now. We are in the last days. We can't hide anymore. This is the truth. This is the word of God, and we got to let everybody know. Amen. 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 Well, I thank you for breaking all of that down for us. And um, I can't wait for volume two to come out. You come back and speak about that. And, uh, you know, people out there listening, the world is going in a direction that some of you notice and some of you uh, probably don't have a clue what's going on because life just seems so normal. But, you know, Jesus Christ came to die for our sins and he resurrected on the third day and that is the gift of salvation that has been brought to us all of us that are sinners can accept this free gift of eternal life through only one name jesus christ and anybody listening that's unsaved you know i you know I came out of the, the, this this whole lifestyle of sin. Rory did, Pastor did, but again, it's through the blood of Jesus Christ, and Amen. you know it's the best decision that you can make in your entire existence. You know, and, and I say existence because you will exist in one place or another after you die, and that's heaven or hell. And Amen. you should be scared. You should be scared because. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Rory? Yes, I just want to thank you also, Pastor, for sharing with us tonight. You have hit so many points um, that for sure this is the final countdown. If people weren't aware before, if you were in doubt before, listen, don't even sit, uh, think about what he says. Or you can listen. But you know what? Go back and check it with the Word of God. Go and read Matthew 24. Go and read um, Timothy and see what what they're talking about, the time that we are living in. And you will know beyond the shadow of a doubt for your own selves what the Lord was saying. If you're a Christian, digest this information. It's not a time to be fearful. It's a time to be faithful. If this information scares you, with all due respect, it's a sign that you love this world and the things of this world and the love of the Father is not in you. Because all these signs are an indicators that the one in whom we say we love and the one in whom we should long for his appearing is getting close. If you love him, it's exciting news because it means he's almost here. He's getting ready to come get us his bride. Uh, and, but in the meantime, we need to get busy sharing the gospel. But again, like you, like Chris, you said, if you're listening to this broadcast and you're not saved, you better get saved right now. Because this is not a game. Heaven is real, but so is hell. Heaven is eternal, and so is hell. And there's only one way to escape it. There's only one way to escape, not just the seven-year tribulation, hell on earth. There's only one way to escape hell, period, for all eternity, and that's through Jesus Christ. He is the only way, the only truth, the only life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Ask him to forgive you of all your sins. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave. The Bible says you will be saved. Acknowledge that God is holy. You are not. He already knows. 
He's just trying to get you to admit it and receive the only way to be forgiven. The work of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, he took the punishment for your sins and mine on the cross, and that's what we trust. That's what we believe on to get us to heaven. That's the only way. Do that now before it's too late. Amen. 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 Thank you again, Pastor Billy and Rory. Any last words? I just want to thank you, Pastor Billy, for what you shared tonight. I think it was powerful. And I pray that, like Pastor Billy said, that listen, time, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You have a great opportunity. All you have to do is ask the Lord to reveal himself to you in his word, and he will. And, and that's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. If you're a Christian, like he said, listen. Go and study God's word. See for yourself. His word is true. It were, his word is real. It's not a lie at all. And it, the word of God proves itself. So I just want to thank everyone for listening. And have a wonderful evening. Repent, repent, repent. The time of salvation is now. If you like our videos, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell to get all our frequent updates.